The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is January 8th, 2018. I'm Glenn Rubenstein. This is the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. With me, as always, Raj Geary and Justin Labar. Mr. Matt Morgan's coming along soon. We're going to talk Monday Night Raw for January 8th, 2018. Also going to talk a little bit about Wrestle Kingdom 12, uh, latest news in the Mixed Match Challenge. Woken Matt Hardy had his in-ring de- debut tonight. And uh, The Miz and Maurice are getting a reality show. So, uh, Justin, to you first overall, what did you think of Raw this evening? Uh, so-so. Uh, didn't completely kill it for me. Didn't completely win it for me. Uh, obviously, they're, they got you know two big milestones coming up that they're really booking towards Raw 25 with all the promotion that we saw tonight and then, of course, Royal Rumble uh, and the night that will follow that uh, the week after. So, I mean, you know, it was – I'll tell you this. I, I wasn't crazy. You know, they started and they made the, the main event, the six-man tag, and – you know, in the same segment, they're also telling me how we're going to see Matt Hardy, you know, as Woken Matt Hardy make an in-ring debut. We're going to see Brock Lesnar. Um, and there was something else, too. It, it, you know, it was almost like they gave me all this other stuff that I was much more excited about. But, oh, I'm supposed to be hanging on until the final 20 minutes for the six-man tag main event, which I really just didn't do anything for me in terms of uh, on paper. I mean, all, all the guys, it was a, a fine match, but in terms of trying to get me to hold on for three hours, doesn't do anything for me. Yeah, Raj, what did you think on all tonight? I thought it was just kind of there. I thought it started off pretty good. I was into it for a while, and then I think after the Lesnar thing, I just kind of got taken out of the show. And I, it just nothing felt like it mattered after that. It was just kind of there. Uh, you know, some of the, the, the Alexa Bliss, Nia Jax, their interaction I thought was terrible, but I did like the Nia beatdown of Asuka. I thought that was, yeah. you know, something cool. Um, so yeah, I mean, overall it was kind of like barely a, barely a thumbs up, I guess. I don't know. I feel like that was good, but it was just kind of thrown together and pointless. Oh, definitely. Definitely. (laughs) That's what I wonder about with this. So with Finn Balor back with Gallows and Anderson talking about reforming the Balor club, leaning heavily tonight on their history in new Japan, uh, talking about their shared history together. I, that's what I'm wondering. Like, okay, clearly now this isn't a one-off. They did pick up the win in the main event, but what's the storyline? They haven't really talked about yet. Uh, you know, they were on the heel side during the tag match tonight, but Finn Balor, I mean, has always been booked as a babyface um, in the WWE. So I'm curious where they're going with the story. And I will say one thing, you know, I criticize them a lot for redoing the same old, same old. I feel like I don't know what's happening with the main event picture right now because we've got Jordan and Rollins is the tag champions. They're going to face the bar for a rematch at the Royal Rumble. Um, at the same time, we've got them teaming with Roman tonight. The Miz, 
and the Miztourage doing that surprise attack at the end. We've got stuff with Valor Club going on. I like that it feels that the story could go in a variety of different directions this week, and we didn't just tune in tonight to see a one-on-one match between Sheamus and Seth Rollins again. Yeah, I mean, it was just a, a long, pointless match with no repercussions. But I did like that. You know, I like that they're going with, uh, you know, uh, with Finn and the the club. I, they're called Valor Club, I guess now. And um, so that's good. But yeah, it was kind of odd. Like, are they heels now? Or they, was it just this week? Are they all just kind of, you know, tweeners? So, yeah. Glenn, Glenn, you don't know where the Valor Club's going because they don't know where the Valor Club's going. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm convinced that they... That, that Vince is kind of almost checked out to a point. It's like, well, if it's going to keep Finn happy, we'll put him with these guys. Uh, who knows? Uh, Vince might be so invested in football planning that he's not even uh, you know, concerned about what Finn Balor's doing. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, that opening, though, with uh, them calling Jason Jordan a nerd, and Jason slaps him across the face. I'm surprised he didn't demand satisfaction and challenge him to a duel. Uh, that was a really, really sort of dumb response. Speaking Mr. Matt... Speaking of nerds. Hey, Mr. Matt Morgan. Commissioner Morgan joining us tonight. Commissioner Morgan. What's going on, guys? How are you? Doing well, man. So what did you think of tonight's Raw? Well, it was impossible not to fall asleep during. Um, But, uh, no, no, it's the same old old crap. Uh, Thank you you guys just were hitting on. uh, Can you guys hear me okay? Yeah, a little soft, Uh, but we can hear you. Okay. same old, same old crap. I mean, I got nothing new for you. Um, Brock's overselling for people he shouldn't be selling for. And, uh, yeah, great show. <laughs> Miz's return was good. There's elements that were good. Don't get me wrong. but Yeah. I think the Miz might have been the best thing on this show. But Well, do we want to go segment by segment? We talked a little about the opening there. Uh, after that, the women's tag match, Sasha Banks and Bailey versus Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose. Sasha Banks and Bailey did win there, which I thought was interesting. Uh, and, I mean, great jo- and great job by, by, by Bailey uh, and, and crew leading Mandy and, and Sonya. You, if you watch that match, you, I mean, obviously, Paige obviously is not 100%, hence why she didn't do anything physical. So it's making Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville have to do more of the same ring stuff. And if you watch it, um, you know, Sasha and Bailey definitely did, a, did the best they could leading uh, the two younger girls. Yeah, you know, we didn't talk about that story. So Paige uh, had an injury at a house show. What was it, the beginning of last week? How serious is that? And is she out of action for a bit I, of time? It looks like a precaution because um, she hasn't worked since then, but she's okay. traveling. They're not, you know, she's you know, they're keeping her on TV. They declared for the Royal Rumble last week, right? Yeah. So, uh, well. Well, I mean, obviously they're not—they're not letting her do anything physical, but they want to keep her out there because if you don't have her there, then all of a sudden this new absolution thing just—you know—dies in the water, and it was—and it already was having trouble getting off the ground, anyways. But if you look, you know, they—they they were starting something with Paige and Oscar. It looks like they—they've diverted away from that with Naya. So uh, I wonder how bad off Paige really is. Yeah. Who knows, Matt? Has this angle done anything for you with uh, the absolution in general, regardless of Paige's injury? I liked it, yeah. I just think there's uh, – I still think they're at a stage where I've been saying this whole time there's two girls that shouldn't be talking yet, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, you want to you know something? Had they not, look, we would have would have known a hell of a lot less about the two. Not that we know that much about them, but we wouldn't even have heard those voices now with Paige's injury. And 
the proverbial ball given to these two girls, if you will, now because of the injury. Um, and the girls are a lot better than people, I think, give them credit for it. Man, Mandy, just because she's, you know, the blonde model type, um, she's athletic as crap. And she put her time in through that uh, performance center, and she's a lot better than people think she is. But uh, once she starts, uh, you know, shaking those uh, uh, ner- nervous cobwebs, if you will, yeah, and things like that, sh- she'll be a completely different person. I mean, she's a thoroughbred. You can think and say what you want about her. Look at her background. If any of you done any research on her, she's an athlete, true and through, more than the other two girls. Yeah, yeah. I the the problem I had with this match was it it feels like we've been seeing this match for the last like two months. That's it's every just, match. I could say that with every tag and six man tag on except for tonight's six man. And tag there we go. All there of those are the same same thing. So that's the problem I had with this show is it just feels like it's uh, just redundancy for two hours and one hour of new stuff. So the same match. It was, I think they pretty much did it last week except with Mickey James instead of Sasha, right? Yeah. So. Same. By the way, can I just say, Mickey James looks stunning. She looked great tonight, like more than usual. I mean, she, she always looks. Great. <laughs> she has the best working punch in the business. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She no, she looked fantastic. But just this this match, uh, and you know what? It's too bad because I thought Sonya Deville. To Matt's point, uh, I thought Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose looked really good tonight. I thought this was the best that they've looked in the ring uh, since they debuted. Like they didn't look like a couple of rookies out there. That's also, that's sorry. every night. That, that's every night working house shows and live events and getting that. I don't want a main main event level for the female experience. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. On live events like that, working <coughs> with the best. Yeah. Shouldn't Mickey be siding with Absolution? I mean, storyline wise, kayfabe wise, shouldn't that be kind of well? Because Absolution's whole thing is about Paige talking about. You know, the women's revolution, they talk about this and she was there before them. Mickey should be like, yeah, and if you think you've got a bone to pick, let me tell you about mine. Yeah, I was there even before you. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, but but I think they've kind of totally forgotten about their storyline anyway. They're just like (laughs) in a perpetual feud with no rhyme or reason. Remember, they were all hugging and and, uh, raising each other's hands just a few weeks ago with that Royal Rumble announcement. Yeah. Not not a hotbed of continuity and storytelling. The WWE. No, especially when the whole point of Royal Rumble was every person for themselves, and you and you make the announcement with everybody raising their hands together. That's just is... <laughs> right. <laughs> let's throw each other. Let's throw. Let's all jump out at the same time. <laughs> let's, let's all wait till it, the though. end, so we're all in together. <laughs> let's do it. If they if, if they all, if they all wear black wardrobe to the ring, then I'm turning Rumble off. Oh Jesus. Um. Oh, well getting political but um hey man i think there's so much they could do with these women and they're just they just book them the same week in week out i think sasha and Paige, they they have such good characters and they stand out and they're not doing anything with them it's it's too bad to see and mickey and bailey for that matter i just feel bad with how far she's fallen Oh, yes. um so matt hardy tonight woken matt hardy had a match versus kurt hawkins Kurt, I'm, go for it. I'm cutting the whole shit. I'm sorry. I'm cutting this shit off. Listen, I love Matt Hardy. Tonight sucked. That sucked. Ew. That sucked. That sucked. That sucked. That freaking sucked. What night hasn't that, sucked? That was the epitome. This was the worst. I would rather watch Matt Hardy on the freaking Titan John a thousand more times over doing a stupid laugh than tonight in the ring in a face-to-face confrontation doing it. It was so, and not in good uncomfortable, uncomfortable. This, I tweeted when it was going on. I was like, please don't anyone walk in this room right now during this. Yes. 
my my, self, and I hear my self. wife's footsteps. I'm like, ah, shit, it's coming. Dude, thank God there's no reflection so I can see myself watching this. <laughs> <laughs> Just the shame. <laughs> Seriously, guys, this was bad. And I love this character. What What am I missing? You guys all tell me. What am I missing between this and the TNA version? Because I didn't see too much of the TNA version. What, did I, what am I missing? I think the TNA so version much. had more charm. It had more more of a story. It was or, more organic. Like yeah. this feels like Matt Hardy's playing that character, whereas the TNA mm-hmm. version, it seemed like that was he was that character. You know? Well, yeah. I mean, they're definitely manufacturing more of the TNA. I mean, they're they're manufacturing and keeping inside the WWE walls. You know, the TNA version felt like anything could happen, which in some ways it did. I mean, we saw an entire episode happen from the Hardy property. Yeah. The the, the biggest problem with tonight was, um. Yeah, like I understand, it's a, it's like a battle of mind games having this feud with another character like Bray Wyatt. It was so awkward, as Matt just said. Bray needed to physically Bray either needed to physically attack Matt, or after a quick laugh, like five ten seconds, yeah. horror graphic needs to hit, and Bray Wyatt needs to then disappear again. Yeah, it was very awkward. It, it, it made neither of them look strong, um, and it didn't. I mean, you know, Matt Hardy's got a little bit of the overness for the people that that get the character yeah. so far. Bray Wyatt, no, right now, here's my fear. I mean, you know, you always want both men to be elevated when you come out of a uh, program. You said this a while ago, though, I remember. Right. The problem is Matt Hardy is playing Bray Wyatt better than Bray Wyatt plays Bray Wyatt. Right. And the problem with Bray Wyatt is he has not had a good feud in forever. I mean, I was, you know, just looking at Chris Jericho, and we'll talk a little bit about Russ Kingdom, but, man, the stuff he did with Kenny Omega uh, was fantastic. Like, when he when he has the reins on a feud – and. Everyone forgets that Jericho was involved with in a feud with Bray Wyatt, right? Like hmm. that is such a forgotten feud. Like I don't just, remember it. They they do all this creepy yeah, exactly, because they do all this spooky stuff with Bray Wyatt that it just gets tossed away and you forget about these feuds and they do nothing. It does nothing for no one. I can't remember the last time Bray Wyatt had a feud that you know, uh, that elevated both characters. To, the guy had a WrestleMania match with The Undertaker and it meant nothing. How, how what does that say? Yeah, that's yeah. The Taker's most forgetful of WrestleMania matches. And again, I don't blame necessarily Wyatt. I blame how WWE books his gimmick. It's like Taker's gone, so they need to use their special effects and they do all this goofy stuff that, you know, like it just, it just you know what doesn't I think, work. You know what I think it is? And again, Mac could speak better than all of us to this, but we always hear about how, you know, how many writers are and how convoluted the creative process can be in WWE. And, you know, it makes me think that. If you have a guy like Bray Wyatt, rather than just one or two or three people, special people writing Bray Wyatt's character, you have a room of potentially 20 to 25 people. So it starts here at this side of the table, and somebody's got a great idea for Bray Wyatt and this promo and this special effect. By the time it gets all the way around the table, you're talking about something that is completely different. I think that's what happens. I think think everything just gets lost in in the shuffle, and all we know is that we're writing a whole bunch of riddles. We're going to throw some horror graphics, some smoke, a lantern, a laugh, and uh, the people will enjoy it. Yeah. And, and the thing with tonight was, and this is, this has been happening every week, you know, when they show Matt Hardy, when he comes out, he gets this big pop by the time the segment's done, everyone's just lost. And it's just, it just sucks by the end. Cause I thought Matt Hardy came out. I thought his entrance music was cool. I thought the music. theme was cool. Uh, it was, you know, even though I, I don't know why they still had the Hardy boys graphic when he came out, but um, you can't have that. Listen, why is he doing the laugh though? That's what I don't get. He didn't, I know I didn't watch everything in TA, but I watched it up. No, he wasn't doing that stupid laugh the entire time. He was doing the delete gimmick the whole time. He was doing a lot of other different things. He wasn't doing that stupid laugh and the goal does at the end. He wasn't doing that. He, he would do the laugh a little bit, but yeah, definitely not like this. It wasn't like a, 
Yeah, like a couple seconds in between these ridiculous words right. he would throw out there, right? Yeah. But like, I don't get it. Yeah, I think it's their them throwing this their their spin on it. I don't know. I could see Dave, Vince. I could see Vince coaching that up. They've ruined so many. Like, just sit back and shut up and get out of some these people's way. I mean, from from Nakamura to to, to, to there's so many guys we can list right now. I, um, what's her name? Um, the Japanese female wrestler. What's her name? Again? Oscar. Jesus Oscar. There's so many talents that they have managed to hurt. All they had to do is just shut up and get out of their way and let them come in and do their thing the way it was on either in NXT or in, in New Japan in certain cases. Yeah. And it would have been fine. It's Matt, Matt Hardy's another thing. I don't get it. It's, they've been doing this forever. You remember Goldberg when he came in and then they WWE-ified him and they he wasn't yeah. near as effective. Then they brought him yeah. back. When they brought him back last year, they let him be him and it was way more effective. Bobby Roode. I can name, we can name every NXT call-up almost, I think. Pretty much, yeah. except for Alexa Bliss. But, um, except for Alexa Bliss, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think this is one of those cases that the more and more they put their hands on it, the worse it gets. Um, and, yeah. Well, see, you think they're going to be on, uh, do a segment on Raw 25? Yeah. 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 Maybe get, uh, bring back, uh, you know, maybe gonna... bring back Papa Shango and the Boogeyman and get him in there, you know, the four way. They could have a laugh off, you know how they would do those yeah. dance offs for right. a while. <laughs> oh God, I hope uh, kill I, I could almost see them going to that too. I, it's, <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna kill heat going. Well, when's the rumble? What date? Three uh, weeks. Three weeks. The week, the and, week and after kill, Raw twenty five. And it's gonna kill their heat going into the rumble. Not that there's much now after that ridiculousness we just watched tonight, but it's gonna kill it further and more when there is a Papa Shango or some idiot in there laughing, Doit the clown laughing in there with them in a threesome. <laughs> That could be worse. Hornswoggle could come back. I mean, you know. Don't uh, say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but actually, you know, Matt, It'll your happen. point to what you said, that would actually, you know what I would love to see is I would love to see oh, Matt no. doing the laugh, uh, Matt Hardy, break him out and say exactly what you said and talk about how much that sucks and stupid cut it out. <laughs> and then Matt Hardy go to start burying Bray Wyatt about how he hasn't had a decent feud and he spouts the same nonsense and just have them bury each other. That would be fantastic. You know what would be great at this point is I'd like Matt Hardy to be doing that laugh. Elias comes in and nails him upside the head with his guitar. That's what I like. <laughs> well, Elias, it sucks because I, you know, yeah. I was one of those ones. You know, I've been saying this forever that uh, there's a lot of money in that broken gimmick if they could do it properly. And if you know, I I want to see Matt do it because uh, yeah. he did it perfectly. I mean, it, yep. it was the hottest thing in wrestling last year. I mean, you had TNA, a show that no one watches, and everyone knew what that was, and. Uh, and here we are. Yep. Uh, Elias tonight introducing <coughs> The Miz, making his return. Elias getting booed for mentioning Elvis and Elvis's birthday. That was kind of weird. But the crowd was... Uh, well, they him. saw where he was going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But they were with him with a walk with Elias thing, man. Two weeks. And he got the crowd to do it pretty loud tonight. So kudos to them for uh, getting that over. But The Miz. The Miz is back. Uh, had a segment with The Miz Taraj. You know, can I, can I, I just say I like Elias here, by the yeah. way, just as a, a side note. I think Elias. You love Elias. I'm, a, I'm an Elias fan. He, he sold me. Is that why you're growing the beard? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's walking. Can you, can, you, can you play guitar? He's, uh, no. Uh, yeah, work he's, on not, that. he's not. He's not. He's not shaving with Elias. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm a fan of Elias, too. Uh, I like, you know, if you actually think about it, there's always pressure on guys coming from NXT to the main roster. I think. You know, a few slips here and there, but they've actually booked Elias pretty well. 
And part oh, of it's, part of it's been they haven't tried to shoot him too fast up. He's just kind of like they always find a spot for him. He's been protected for the most part. I liked it. Um, I don't know. I mean, I just I don't know. I kind of I was kind of into it, but I, I did laugh though when he brought the Miztourage out and I'm and I'm looking at Bo Dallas. Bo Dallas with the hair and the dress and everything. He looked like meatloaf after like a DDP <laughs> yoga session. <laughs> I mean, look at him. He looked ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, Elias. He's got that. He's got that intangible. He looks like a star. You you pay attention to him when he's out. You know, and uh, and yeah, I thought uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I like that comment about Bo Dallas. That sounds about right. He lo- he was looking like Bray tonight, and I was like, dang. Hey, it's the team up, man. They should just make it happen finally. Um, in fact, so they're doing voting for Bailey's partner for the mixed match challenge on Facebook. Elias is one of the candidates. Is Elias, Samoa Joe, or Jason Jordan? Uh, the voting is open now on the Mixed Match Challenge Facebook page. But Samoa Joe had a decent lead uh, last I checked. I think Elias and Bailey would be a fantastic pairing just for how weird it would be. Um, yeah, Samoa Joe at 59%. So. Can I ask a dumb question? Yeah. I, and maybe this is going like, to expose me as I shouldn't even be on this podcast. What is the Mixed cha- Is it a video game? Like, What are they doing? <laughs> No, Facebook I, Live. They're doing a Facebook Live. Yeah, of, uh, starting okay. next Tuesday, 20 minutes of programming is going to stream on Facebook, and it's going to be a tournament of mixed tag teams, one man, one woman, and they'll be competing. Uh, the prize will go to ch- uh, the charity of their choosing, and we're going to – I think it's going to be like – what is it? Like eight weeks, 12 weeks, but a how lot of they, weeks on How Facebook. are they competing? Is it virtual? Are they in a ring? Like, oh, no, it's yeah, real. It's, it's, oh, it's like really a tournament. Happen. It's like yeah. an actual match. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. These teams compete against each other in a tournament. After SmackDown, uh, Tuesdays. Uh, so the so five live fans are going to have to wait an extra twenty minutes for two hundred five live starting. Yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> um, and By the, the way, word- first the first two hundred five live live event was canceled. <laughs> so they booked the three for that weekend. First one's already canceled, but they, the two are still uh, scheduled for right now. I think it's folks. This could be a once in a lifetime, twice in a lifetime thing. <laughs> live, live events. Um, yeah, man. So Mixed Match Challenge, um, this is different. You know, uh, we've talked about the business side of this. So the word is that Vince is putting his all into this because he thinks it could maybe drive up uh, the renewal rates that are going to have to be paid by USA next year if Silicon Valley money gets interested in streaming rights to the WWE. And as Raj has pointed out, it would be a smaller audience, but they have such huge cash uh, at their disposal that it could uh, trigger more of a bidding war for the rights to WWE programming, if this is successful. But we'll see. I mean, it would have to do... What do you think would be a success for this, Raj, on Facebook Live? What, half a million, a million? I think they would need to get some of their biggest numbers, I think, to make a dent on the kind of rights fees that USA is currently paying. You know what I mean? Yeah. It would have to be, like, one of the most streamed shows on on Facebook Live ever. Yeah, well, we'll see. Um, And, yes, as someone's pointing out in the chat... Uh, it's predetermined, but the winner wins money for a charity. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How, I, I, what are the odds that it's Connor's Cure? Oh, it's absolutely Connor's Cure. <laughs> or Susan G. Komen. Probably Connor's Cure, though. Yeah, that was that would be so messed up if they had announced their charities ahead of time. And it's a, you know, a scripted thing. And all these charities are like, oh, so... Sammy comes yeah, out and announces Sammy. It, so we don't get this, you know, yeah. this donation. Sammy announces Sammy for Syria and then gets pinned week one. No. <laughs> But I got. I got to ask you guys what. What do you think the benefit is? Is it is it better for WWE to remain on USA or or you know a major cable network and then push to the pay per views on the WWE network, 
Or is it better for them to try to have enough leverage to say, we're taking all of our programming, Raw and SmackDown included, and you've got to go to the WWE Network? I mean, because like you can, I mean, you can make the case that you know being on USA, grabbing the casual people will help, you know, maybe maybe push them to the WWE Network. But then you can also think how many people that aren't subscribed to the network might subscribe to it just so they can see Raw and SmackDown. I don't know. Like, I, I'm yeah, curious what you guys think. How do you get new fans? That's, you well, know, that's they. I don't know. That's what I'm asking. I, I, but are there, are there any more new fans really to get, or are they just going to try to monetize the hell out of the 3 million people that watch now? Yeah. I mean, that's the predicament that they're in at this point, right? Well, first of all, I mean, they've been, you know, we've seen how long they've been around, and there's, you know, a basically – you got 1 million subscribers in the U S and you got what, like, you know, 3.2 million watching, you know, let's just say 4 million between Raw and SmackDown unique viewers, um, a week. So for TV, you're saying, yeah. Okay. So you switch it all to the network. Uh, all, most of those people have had the chance to subscribe already. So you're, you're going to lose a big chunk of people who, who who just watch, but they're not so into it that they're going to spend ten bucks a week for it. You know, like, it, like so you're so you're time. so you're saying to stay relevant in pop culture and to bring potential new fans, you still need to be on a free service. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's, it's a constant infomercial for them to new demographics. Is people clicking through the channels? They still there's still something to be said for that that they think it's not working, but they think people clicking through the channels. Are, the goal is to get them to stop. And to get them to be new fans. The problem is they can't write worth shit. So no one's stopping and watching. Well, here's um, the problem now, too. Like is, they used to. Yeah. And here's the problem is that they would lose existing fans. So it's not even not getting new fans, which they're having a hard time doing. I think people, I, I don't know. I think if you took Raw off that television screen, Raj, I'd buy the network again if I had to. to, to I'm to sure a lot of people it. would. But I think there's a lot of people that aren't as diehard uh, that that just watch because it's on, but yeah. you know won't pay for. It. I mean, WrestleMania is on, and they're not jumping to the network, you know, for for that. So they're gonna go digital all the way one day. They they have to, right? That's where all TV is headed. I think that's. I think ultimately, I mean, it's like what's even streaming anymore? Like, is PlayStation View? Do you consider that streaming, even though that's basically Direct TV except through the like internet? Fire like Fire Stick. That's all I watch is Fire Stick. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of Hulu's all those channels I watch. Yeah, it's get it's going. You you saw with Netflix, right? Like once it starts, uh, it it takes a little bit to catch on. But once it does, now you don't see video stores anymore. You know, Blockbuster's dead. So I don't watch real TV anymore except for the show. I swear to God, like I I didn't understand it at first. The the whole like Fire Stick thing, and then it made total sense to me. And we got rid of most of our like crap cable channels I never watched anymore. You know what I mean? And within one year, it's all I watch is the Fire Stick. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I mean, we went from $150 a month for DirecTV to, yes. you know, to PlayStation View, paying you know a third of that. Yeah. But yeah, you don't I think mean, they're going to go there one day? You don't think they'll be 100% streamed? I'm, I'm sure. I, I think if it will be, it'll be a channel that anyone can get. Well, and this will yeah. be a test. The Mixed Match Challenge will be a test of their tech audience. How much of their audience has the means and the know-how and the want to watch their product live and is, streaming. And is a well, mixed tag tournament the way to go? Or is Brock yeah. Lesnar working Nakamura a way to go? Right, and, and yeah. to, to, to play off what Matt just said, that's, that, and that's what I, I was genuinely not educated until you guys have said this. I didn't know what it was. 
that's the other thing. They're they are totally breaking kayfabe with this. You know, they have the mid. You know, it looked like those things they filmed with Goldust and Alicia and then Alicia Fox and then um, Miz and Oscar. It looked like they actually. It looked like they actually kind of filmed them pretty pretty yeah, legit. Like, like legit. they kind of shoot. You know, they like Goldust didn't expect Fox to come in and Miz didn't expect didn't know it was gonna be Oscar. It really came off that way, and so obviously you have like you're breaking heels and faces here in some regards. So the fact that they're doing this and they're breaking kayfabe, they're kind of just saying, "Look, we're all characters. Forget the heels and faces thing." That that's another factor that I don't know if it's going to. It could really help them, but it could really hurt them. I don't know. And this voting is the first time they're doing. You pick the partner, so shades of Cyber Sunday. Like, they didn't really though. I think yeah, it was a part yeah. of it. Right. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. No, it's a small part. I mean, I mean Bailey's they, like, Apollo Cruz was never an option to to vote for Nia Jax, and they right, and yeah. they, put, they put Lana and Rusev together. I mean, you know, they're doing it for Bailey, but yeah, it's not going to be right. The top so some of, the top of it's top. yeah, yeah. Although I have to say, if you guys watched it, the thing with Nia looking so miserable being chosen by Titus, uh, paired with Titus Worldwide, was I thought <laughs> one of the funnier things that I've seen the WWE do in a while. Yeah. Um, she looks like she wants no part of that. So we'll talk about Titus Worldwide picking up a rare victory tonight, uh, 2018. You're a Titus Worldwide. Uh, plus Enzo and his match against Cedric Alexander and more. But first, uh, you know, we've talked about this. Got to give some love to the sponsor of this episode, SeatGeek. Y'all know buying tickets to sports and concerts can be so complicated and confusing, but there's a better way to buy, and that's SeatGeek. SeatGeek, the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to every type of live event, whether you're searching for a last-minute deal, planning a night out, or just need to find the perfect gift. SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, and they're fully guaranteed. There's nothing quite like seeing your favorite team, musician, or WWE superstar in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action than ever before for a fantastic value. You've heard us talk about this. I have the SeatGeek app on my phone. Raj has it on his. Uh, he used it to buy Lady Gaga tickets. I used mine to get Hamilton uh, tickets. God, a year and a half ago. Yes, Hamilton. You want some comedy? Go through the archives when I explain to Mr. Matt Morgan what the musical <laughs> Hamilton is. Um, but I got those tickets on SeatGeek, and I bought tickets to a WWE live event in Sacramento coming up using the SeatGeek app. I love it because it's the easiest way I found to shop for tickets. It can be anywhere with just a few taps. I can instantly find seats. And what's great about it is that it makes the ticket buying experience easier than ever. It actually saves you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find amazing deals. And to get you the most bang for your buck, SeatGeek grades every ticket based on value to help you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. And again, every purchase fully guaranteed. So you could shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Make SeatGeek your go-to app for finding the best deals on every type of ticket from sports, concerts, wrestling, theater, comedy, and more. And best of all, our listeners get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app for iOS or Android and enter the promo code INC today. That's promo code INC for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. And we thank them for sponsoring the rest of the Real quick, real quick. I'll use SeatGeek to buy Broncos tickets. Why do you keep bringing up the Lady Gaga tickets? (laughs) 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 So, yeah, I've used it uh, for a few different things, not just Lady Gaga tickets. Gaga was for your life. Gaga <laughs> yeah, was, was for your for life. life. It was for the life. Um, but, I, it was, but it was an awesome show. Regardless. But uh, yeah, SeatGeek, it was simple, easy, and that, now that's all I use. I mean, even when we're not, you know, when they're not a sponsor, that's what I'm using. So um, definitely, definitely download it, simply use, check it out. Yeah, good stuff. Um, so tonight, the WWE Cruiserweight title match, Cedric Alexander versus Enzo Amore. Enzo missed last week because he was out with the flu, but he was back tonight to go with Cedric. Um, Matt, what did you think of this match and how 
just violent it got there uh, at the end with Enzo getting busted open. Good. Good is what it was. That's something that's very needed in this division because I keep watching it and just look at a bunch of prepubescent boys flip-flopping, flying around the goddamn ring. Minus, <laughs> minus, minus, save uh, a, a nasty Enzo promo, of course. You know, that's literally what I think of this division at this point. It's not, the, it's not, it's not these guys' fault. It's how they're written for. It's, it's definitely how they're written for. But again, I'll always go back to there's something to be said, and this is not some old wrestler who's no rest, not wrestling anymore and just hating on the younger generation. That's not what this is. This is when I click through the channels, and if I'm Joe Public and I'm quick and I want to watch wrestling, and I stop and I saw that, I'd be impressed with the athleticism. That would be it. None of those guys would I be scared would kick my ass in a fight. In fact, none of those guys I would ever accuse of getting into a fight, actually, in real life. And that's not good. That is not good for business. And um, they always say you need to have a larger-than-life uh, persona. That's how we always talk, right? Meaning the character. But there's something to be said about being larger-than-life as well physically. That doesn't mean you have to be 7 feet tall, 300 pounds. It means you have to look like you've gotten to a fight. Harley Race looked like he got into a fight. You know, all these guys look like they fought. Even though they were fat slobs, they looked like they had gotten in fights before. Mm. When I watched this division, none of them look like they have. They look like they've gotten, like, I don't know, like freaking uh, Madden. You know, they did knock each other's uh, remote controls out of their hand during the Madden competition. And that's about as crazy as a guy. What you're saying is it looks like they've gotten their asses kicked, but not like they've been in a fight. Definitely. Like, like no, like their way of fighting is what I just said. Knocking each other's yeah. remote controls out of their hands, playing Madden against one another. And, 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 and trying to cheat with one another. You know what I mean? Like, that's literally what I see from these kids. And tonight, that was good. That, that was needed, I thought. There was, some, there, was, there was a tone that that took that was very different for that division. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's a problem with a lot of wrestling right now in general. It's so oh, much performance-based. Right. Like, it's like, who, right. who, who does the best, you know, flips and high spots? And, and it's not like um, that simulated thing where you want to see these two guys. Like, even if, like I, if I'm not a boxing fan, I still want to see Mayweather and McGregor, right? Because those right. guys are like these superstars. Right. These people that will draw in someone that doesn't normally watch. And, you know, for a, a current fan... Uh, that likes the matches and everything. That's great. And you know, New Japan. I, I was, I was blown away with Wrestle Kingdom. But um, they beat the crap out of each other. You, you watch the, you know, the, the, sorry, go ahead. The style's different, but it's way better in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I uh, watching that and then going to this, I just felt. Uh, it's just their their build up to matches and stuff. It just felt Everything. real. You get into it. It's not hokey. You know, like like how this match, you know, that Kurt Angle making this match tonight. It's like, dude, they were feuding for three minutes, you know, with the the Balor Club, and and you know they went back and forth on the mic for a couple minutes, and we got to settle this tonight. Um, <laughs> well, well, and to the example that Matt used about you know do these guys look like they've been in a fight? You have Enzo Amore, who uh, credit to him, he comes off every every week as God. I just want to slap this guy yeah now he really comes off you know and they've also blurred the lines a little bit with real of like you know he's he's not allowed to dress in a locker whatever but they've done a good job like he comes off as this this, this little prick you want to slap but oh by the way he's this little prick you want to slap who you think couldn't win in a fight and he's the champion of the division yeah, so, that's the catch twenty two with Enzo, right? Is he's got so much more star power than anyone in that division, but he's not necessarily the most realistic champ. But, but then, he, you know, no one well, is. He, who, who, who is? But he, Neville, Neville was. 
Okay, but that was it. yes. But Enzo increased the viewership uh, significantly. Oh lord, yeah. He did for a little bit. I don't know. No, I think he, it's he, back he, to where it is now, right? Well, Listen, I fast forward through two hundred five live each week just because he's on it. Before he was on it, I didn't watch yeah. it at all. Yeah, but now it's back out of the top ten shows on the network each week. You really think those are real statistics? Yeah, I mean they don't release them. This is, uh, you know, this is uh, this was from the Observer. Mm. Oh, oh, wow! <laughs> <laughs> uh, he gets those ratings and you know all that stuff, like the pay per view numbers and stuff. But yeah, it's uh, okay. they they also have the most popular shows on the network. If you go, there's a there's a way to find it. Also, and- throwing darts against the wall. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I mean, WWE has no reason to say 205 Live is not in their top 10 because that they invest a lot into they that. canceled a live event, they couldn't sell enough tickets for a live right. event and pulled the date. Yeah. yeah, um, you know, there's just so many problems with it. You know, doing it after SmackDown, obviously, we talked about that forever. Uh, and then the biggest problem is the action isn't different than what you see in the other matches. Like, you know, back in the 90s, it was different. Yes. Ray Mysterio, yes. you know, yeah. versus Dean Malenko was very yes. different than Nash versus Hogan yes. in event. And you I, like I, both. You watch Nash versus Hogan for the superstars, and then you see this style of action that you never, you know, really see. So it was, it was awesome back in the day, but now it's all the same. I, absolutely. I've been preaching that from the beginning. 260-pound Kevin Owens can work the same type of match and style as the guys who are inferior to half the audience that are 205 or less. So if I'm mm-hmm. tuning in and I go, well, shit, I'm 205 pounds. I'm not be able to kick that guy's ass. Well, what's the draw? Right. When you see Seth Rollins doing those moves in the main event, then, you know, Sam why are you watching these other guys that... Hell, someone <laughs> Jerry to a degree. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All very athletic. So speaking about size, oh, and by the way, uh, Cedric won by a countout and Enzo uh, retains the title. Enzo, that was a work injury tonight, even after the blood, the thing with the ankle. We're all in agreement on that. The, the, the blood was legit. The blood was legit, but I'm saying his ankle, that was a work. <laughs> not yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. It was ketchup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ketchup. <laughs> the blood capsules. Remember, that's um, what people used to think back in the day. Oh, geez. Uh, to, you know, to your point about size, Matt, I'll say tonight, man, Titus O'Neil getting in the ring again with Apollo Crews going against the bar. Titus looked, I mean, just mammoth. I mean, he looked like Sasquatch over these guys. He is. He's every bit of 6'4", 6'5". He's a big dude. Yeah. Yeah. Looked great. Came out primetime player's theme, keeping that going. Um, But Titus Dana Brooke. (laughs) So you announced this tag team to get a title shot, and then the first thing they do is lose. (laughs) Right? (laughs) This is why none of these titles get over. No one cares about any of the other title matches on the undercard. Yeah. Hey, when they're losing to Titus Worldwide, I actually had to look it up. Titus is one more than I remembered him winning. Like, he's picked up more wins than I thought he had. But uh, he just hasn't wrestled that much over the last... I'm, I'm assuming they're turning it into a three-way at the Royal Rumble with Titus and <laughs> With Apollo. Titus Worldwide. I'm, I'm, yeah. I mean, why else, why else do that? They're getting a push. I mean, we, I mean after last week... This week, this this looks like it, right? I mean, this is not just uh, they're not on main event. Yeah, because Royal Rumble is one of those pay per views where they want to fit everyone in, and thirty, you know, thirty spots isn't. Well, I guess it's fifty. I don't know, sixty. That's what they do it though. They do it in the Rumble match. They don't throw a throwaway match like that though. They'll do it. They'll include the you know everybody getting a participation award uh, in the Battle Royal, not in like singles and and tags and six man tags. But they take a a lot of the same people that were in the matches earlier and still put them in the Rumble. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, so they could be doing that too. Who knows? I don't see how that means Titus gets on the damn card in a real match. Hmm? Yeah, I think I think first of all, I think this is gonna be a, a kickoff show match to begin with, this tag title match. And you think it's gonna be a three way for a tag? Mm-hmm. Oh god. <laughs> yeah. Well let's, let's also remember, I mean, Cause, I mean always. Cause they've been that? doing Seth and they've been doing Seth and not necessarily Jordan, but you know, Ambrose against the bar forever. So I guess this is their way of mixing it up a little. I don't need it mixed up. I know. Hey, I, I agree with you. <laughs> but I think that's that's the only way this this ending made sense, unless they're just doing a rematch next week to just you know, with the bar wins and it was it was meant for nothing. Time's yeah. not time's not necessarily a factor. I was at Rumble last year in San Antonio. The thing was almost five hours. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, they can. It's their own network. They can do however long they want to do. So well, this year's six hours. I think yeah. last year. I think last year was six hours too. It's a four-hour main card and two hours for the kickoff. But the kickoff is, you know, an hour and fifteen minutes of of filler, and then you know maybe a half hour, forty-five minutes of matches. I literally was just about speaking of the pre-show. I was just about to say some David Otunga shit with this observation. It's like, oh, if it's the three-way, then Titus really has an advantage having Dana Brooke as that third member there to cause a distraction. I think they have a chance at winning. They could. That's my channel, David Otunga, uh, prognosticating the events of a predetermined sport. Dana um, Brooke, she is no Miss Hancock. <laughs> oh man. This is a this was a weird episode tonight, and I I had a, just uh, yeah, okay. So Paul Heyman comes out there, does the Paul Heyman thing, responding on behalf of Brock Lesnar. I don't even know what his point was with all of this. Something formidable opponents. Oh, every one of these matches that since he's held the belt is a test of what he can endure and survive. Whereas, I think the fans just see it as who's gonna lose to Brock this time um but that promo isn't really what this was about it was about the attack that happened and went to backstage with kane braun and brock going at it stuff being thrown Braun throwing a grappling hook and pulling down scaffolding and brock lesnar being taken out in an ambulance um okay matt what did you think of this as the build-up to that three-way match at the royal rumble between braun kane and brock first of all you know i hate the fact that kane's in this at all right yes um, uh, anything, hey, look, I'm pro anything with Braun, you know what I mean? Uh, getting over on people. Um, I just, I hate everything about this, except I don't want Kane in this match. He's killing it for me. Uh, th- that's all I gotta say. It's kids. I don't know when they're just going to take the, gl- the kitty gloves off of Braun already booking wise and just let him go full tilt. I mean, I don't see what's so hard about letting him go over on Brock. I don't get it. Well, the, the plan is for Roman and Brock at WrestleMania. I don't give a shit what their plan is with those two. I'm not saying that to you. I'm saying it to them. Yeah. Um, it, it's not their match. That's not what people want to see. Yeah. That's, as, as we've seen before, <laughs> that doesn't always matter. Vince, Vince McMahon uh, will tell you what you want to see, Matt. Yeah. But the, every once in a while, the crowd will be so loud about something, so against, so objective on something, you know what I mean? Batista. That, yeah, and eventually they'll give in. You know what I mean? I just thought Braun is over like Rover. I don't know. And that's rare. Do you guys have any idea? Like, to be a monster, to be a big dude, and to get over as a baby face nowadays, guys, like, this is like spotting Bigfoot. This is impossible <laughs> to do. That's why we're always booked as heels. Always. Because it's much easier for me to go in the ring versus some sideshow midget pissant and, and, and be the bully and be the bigger versus smaller guy, David versus Goliath. There's a million stories we could tell 
all the same narrative, right? And and be the big cocky big guy. It's an easy story. Everyone can digest. We're never booked as baby faces in this manner because of that. Because in today's society, it is much harder to get cheered than booed. And Braun's got it down. Yeah. Matt, Matt, I 100% agree with you. Um, and I think that it's a case of Vince had his mind made up for a bulk of the time since last year's Mania that he wanted to see Roman versus Brock again. He had his reasons. And I think I agree with everything you said. I think what's happened is Braun organically, which is the best way, circa Stone Cold Steve Austin 96, 97, right? I think Braun has just gotten over to the point where guys are like, or, you know, fans are like, this guy's something special. He's mm-hmm. a badass. He's not mm-hmm. pandering to me. I want to see what he's going to do next. I want to champ Braun and see what destruction he can and hell he can raise. Uh, but Vince has not yet detoured. Now maybe, maybe maybe he does. Maybe maybe Braun wins at Rumble. Uh, maybe something happens. But uh, up to this point, it seems like you know Braun has just he's defied the odds against everything you said. But but Vince has his mind made up that he wants Roman versus Brock, and he has some picture of how he wants Mania to end with confetti and pyro, and that's that. But here's the thing: Braun is his wet dream. Let's just be honest. <laughs> he's bigger. He's stronger. He's badder. This is, I'm being serious. This is a Vince McMahon creation if there ever was one. That's what I don't get here. We're not talking about a smaller guy than, than Roman, I'm talking, or Daniel Bryan or someone like that. We're talking about a guy twice the guy's size. That's, that's what I'm shocked at. Well, yeah, I just wonder if he sees um, Roman as more a crossover guy, whereas Braun. Definitely is. He so is. Yes, of course he is. Yeah. So I, I just. But don't you think he wins the Rumble? I bet you Braun somehow gets his way in the Rumble, wins it. Man, I don't know. Um, because it looks like yeah, I, I don't think they're changing Reigns and Lesnar, and I think it's gonna be Braun and Triple H. So, um, mm, okay. But here's know. the cool thing: I think Reigns's first feud as the Universal Champ could be against Braun Strowman, and they could carry that Which through the rest of the year. Feud that was a good feud, great feud. Mm-hmm. And it'll be Braun. You know, now granted, they're gonna have to book it in such a way that if they want Roman to retain the title, but I think that'll be a great feud to have as the centerpiece of uh, Raw. But Glenn, here's the issue. Yeah. I, I'm a huge Braun fan. Yeah. I mean, I was I was a huge Brown fan from the moment he debuted when he had no matches on NXT TV. Because the problem is, how, how many times do you go around with Braun being in the title picture and not winning, and him yeah. not mm-hmm. win until you kill until you've blown the flame out? Yes, he's, ar- he's already worked with Roman, did the whole ambulance spot, all that stuff. Didn't win. Then he goes up against Brock back in September. Doesn't win it. It's going up against Braun now here in Rumble. How many times until you? I mean, like, how, how many times? How many times? How many? How many lives does he have to give? Right. No, I agree. That's why I was surprised they put him in this match with bigger guys. Guys, that's worse. It's harder, but was what I'm saying. You know what I mean? You well, we only have so many opportunities to look like a destructive monster before you guys give up on watching us as one. Matt, did you ever, if you don't want me to ask while we detour, did you ever have a time, especially in WWE, did, or, or TNA too, I guess, in your career, did you, ever, did you ever have a time where nothing against the talent themselves, mm-hmm. but uh, creative wanted you to give, on the long haul especially, too much to somebody, especially smaller in size, where you're like, this doesn't make sense? And it is, sure, yeah. Anybody can speak to, or, I mean... Um, one oh, yeah. time with Jay, one time with Jay Lethal, I remember. Um, it, it, who's a friend of mine, 
But uh, um, it was at a time when I was supposed to be going up against Kurt Angle, bound for glory, where I was supposed to be indestructible, going through Mick Foley, Booker T, Kevin Nash, Scott Steiner, one by one. And then I had this match with Jay Lethal, and they, they wanted him to take some offense. Hell, they had Brian Kendrick schoolboy me out of, <laughs> like, in a match out of nowhere. Um, little things like that on my quote-unquote rise to where Kurt Angle and the Mouth of Glory, you know, main event match. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what were they doing with Jay Lethal? Was there some other agenda with Jay? He was doing that thing with Flair, I want to say. Yeah, I could he be was kind of hot at that point. Maybe that's the hottest. He was. In, in it's TNA. just somebody who sticks. To, you keep both. Of, you don't have us work one another. But bottom line is, is, is the size part of the thing. You know what I mean? And you just go out there and you do the job that you're asked to do, right? And plus, he's, he was a friend, so I didn't. It's one of those deals where I didn't mind. I was always too nice. <laughs> Real quick, with this segment, are we going to bring up Paul Heyman holding Brock Lesnar's hand while he was on the stretcher? Did you guys <laughs> notice that? Yeah. <laughs> What yeah, the, yeah. What the hell? That's what he would really do. <laughs> yeah, but you, you know, when you're, you'd really do, you, you know, you'd really do that with Braun Strowman too, but you don't show that on TV. Um, They've humanized Brock a lot. Yeah, this, I mean, go around. and then he, you know, he stretchered out, putting in an ambulance, and the cane, you know, he had the same thing dumped on him. He just kind of gets up and walks away. But you know, <laughs> yeah. But you know what? Look, and I'm, again, I'm a, uh, I'm a I'm I'm like a Vince guy. I'm a big big guy. I want I want guys that are you know walk to the airport that are larger in life. Yeah. I don't want to humanize Brock, but I'll say this: the guy's in his forties. How much longer does he have? Wrestling, you know, characters and booking legacy is just like a trust fund. You don't want it to go to waste. You want to make sure it gets passed on to somebody. So I will say this: maybe Vince and Brock and Paul know that. You know, Lesnar's days are numbered. You know, the Lesnar's ready just to go off to his farm and really be done. So it, maybe that's the case. Humanizing him is a way of passing on the trust fund to uh, Braun or whoever it is. So I'm willing to give that because I, I, I would normally have the same complaint as you guys. But, you know, given Brock's age, given the fact that Brock has been a title holder now several times since he's broken Taker's streak, how many more runs, how many more opponents do you have for him? We might be coming towards the end of Brock. In that case, you've built up this trust fund of, 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 of booking for him. You want to make sure you rub it off to somebody. Right. Braun so might, you have him. Braun so might you, be this guy. But then, so you don't, you, then you have Lesnar win at the Rumble. You well, know? no, 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 no. Hang on. Listen, guys. Then you have him beat. Then you have Braun beat humanized Brock. F that. I want to see him beat monster Brock. I agree. Right? Because that means way much more. You tell me which taker was be- is better to get beat. Taker from, let's say, I don't know, ni- uh, 2002 versus the taker that Brock just beat. I'll take taker from 2002 as the guy that, you know what I mean? Yeah. And as far as if you're giving on your legacy, you know what I mean? You want you at the guy at, the, at his highest peak. To right. give that over that that quote unquote overness over that rub over to the guy that's taking the ball now and running with it. Yeah, you have Hulk Hogan, you, you know scary, I mean? scary monster Andre, not Andre that was running from Jake the Snake's snake. Snake. Right. Yeah, uh, you, you got It's the timing, but yeah, I mean, I felt like last year was the right time for Braun to win when he was feuding with Hogan. Because yeah. and he and they could have had Brock, Brock win it back at the Rumble if they really want to do, uh, you know, uh, Brock and Reigns. But yes, um, I just felt like there was an opportunity missed there. Raj, I wasn't with Wrestling Inc. at the time, but last at, at WrestleMania last year, I was saying if if, if Brock's going to walk out as champion, 
the next night I wanted Braun to come out and I I wanted Brock and Heyman to come out on, on the, the Raw after Mania, tout how great they are, challenge anybody, have Braun come out. This is the, this is after Mania and have Braun beat them on the, on that night. I thought that would have been the way to do the Raw after Mania. Now we got Braun who did come out and and and, and encountered Brock. Nothing happened of it, but I'm with you. You, you gotta you gotta strike while the iron is hot, and and we're getting to a point now where we got to make sure that Brock's flame doesn't burn out here. And I think I don't think Brock's leaving. I think he's going to renew uh, when his contract's up in April. I just think uh, he makes he makes a difference. You know, when when he comes back and his oh. programs they they make a difference, and he, that payday that he gets for you know how little he he has to travel. Um, it, it's it, it's a deal that works for both. I mean, I could see them trying to get more dates out of him, and I don't well, see UFC happening a, now. It's hard to find opponents for him, though. It really is. Well, that's when that's when uh, that's when you start having it him not win all the time. Now, now you have him start putting some more people over. Have him, you know, in a long feud with Samoa Joe, where Samoa Joe gets the better of it. Or it's also uh, where him taking off time helps too, though. Yeah, yeah, it keeps him fresh. Speaking of Samoa Joe tonight. Went up against Rhino, but first mm-hmm. uh, cut a promo, talked about Roman Reigns winning last week was a Pyrrhic victory, and then had to explain <laughs> to the audience that a Pyrrhic victory means a victory that comes at a great cost to you. Oh, right? some, only Samoa Joe no, pulled that really, off. He really didn't win. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> how many people were Googling that term? It's like, how do you spell that? Yeah. Phallic victory. That's what it sounded like. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey, you know, he looked dominant over Rhino. Well, I mean, which is funny. These guys have had some good toe-to-toe matches in the past. Um, but this worked, right? Uh, Joe yeah. dropped him with the Coquina Clutch, reasserted his dominance. Um, I don't know. I don't know where they're they're going with him from here. I mean, this is what I was saying earlier. It feels like there's so many different directions they can go in right now. I just don't know what they're going to pick or if we're just going to kind of have a jumble until uh, the WrestleMania plans start to solidify. Yes, build him. This is just a quick little builder to you know remind people he's going in the Royal Rumble and he's got a good chance at winning. That's all this was. It was interesting that he kind of specifically called out Cena. Like they're kind of planting the seeds yeah. for that. Yeah. Um, you know, the rumor was that Cena is going to have a really big match at, at Mania and uh, it got a lot of people talking like possibly Undertaker, but this almost seemed like, um, like this was you know laying the seeds for that, like a, a WrestleMania match because there's only one more Raw pay per view. I guess you could do Joe and Cena at that one. Um, it did definitely seem like they were planting the seeds for something there. Yeah, you know it was interesting. You know they announced Stone Cold Steve Austin for Raw 25th anniversary show, mm-hmm. and what if? And I don't think this is happening, but. It's fun to speculate, but what if Austin's that big match for Cena? That's not Taker. Yeah, right. <laughs> what if though? That would be that would I thought, be. I thought he was too broken. I thought he couldn't. Uh... Oh, yeah, I don't know. No, hey, look, Taker. I, mean, I know. I don't think it's happening. Either. Taker, don't don't. I'm gonna be there in New York. Don't tease me, Raj. Taker's <laughs> got two options. He's got two options. It's either Taker versus John Cena. Retirement on the line, loser retires, which makes you actually speculate because you know John's got so much else going on. Yeah, it's either that match or it's Taker versus Braun. Those are the only two matches you have. 
that you got to admit Cena versus Austin. If Austin ever agreed to do it, that would be the <laughs> oh, biggest Austin, match. Austin's it, not gonna. I'm not even gonna entertain it as, 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 as it brings a smile to my face, but I don't even want to entertain this. Like I said, yeah, I uh, 99% don't think it's happening. What happened when you were at the Broken Skull Ranch? Is Austin <laughs> just drinking some of those beers? Maybe. I was like, I'll tell you what, I'd come back for one more match. <laughs> He told me some stuff. I'll just put it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, anyway, I'm just, just saying that's the biggest match, I think. It, obviously, it's not going to oh, happen. Yeah. But if if they could, that would be their biggest match that they could pull out. Oh, so the question is, is Hogan actually going to be a Raw 25? I think no. so. Yeah, I think so. You think so? Yep. Oh, in this climate, in this atmosphere, the WWE finally mm-hmm. is like, yep. we've got none of this heat from this Me Too movement. But we're going to bring back someone who is still... Fairly unpopular with the general public. Brother, I'm thinking it's going to happen. Wow. Maybe. Where is it from? New York. So they're doing two locations. The original Manhattan Center. No, um, uh, Brooklyn and then the Manhattan Center, where the Raw used to be. Remember the first year? Yeah, yeah. So I think they're going to have like a lot of the... I don't know how they're going to do it. I wonder if like all these big stars are going to be at the Manhattan Center. Yeah, they're, they're, they're gonna they're gonna they're they're switching off. They're gonna show. They're gonna. I didn't know this. They're going to. I'm, I'm gonna be at the Manhattan Center. I know I'm gonna see more stuff on screens. They're gonna show screens to us of what's going on at Barclays and then vice versa. Uh, Taker will be at Manhattan Center. Nash will be at Manhattan Center. Shawn Michaels will be at Manhattan Center, but he might also do a DX thing at Barclays. Um, I think Austin's gonna. I Austin's gonna be at Barclays. They're gonna they're gonna switch it around, but. I, I actually I do feel pretty strong that we're gonna see. I, I think we're gonna hear that when it comes crashing down, it hurts inside at Barclays Center. I think Hogan's gonna be there. What a horrible way to just say his lyrics, by the way. Throw, put some emotion in. <laughs> yeah. Okay. When it comes crashing down, it hurts. You gotta have the guitar riff at the beginning. <laughs> okay. Well, here's something I don't know if you guys caught. That's calling me out on the lyric. Yeah. So here's something I don't know if you caught this night. Someone who left the company under a cloud of less than favorable terms. They did say the New Age Outlaws are going to be there. Does that mean Billy Gunn makes his? I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. Billy's clean and sober, doing fantastic. I hope he is. Yeah, I mean, it's not like his release was yeah. something scandalous. It was uh, well, no. B- B- Billy's a great really guy. well. No, it wasn't. Yeah, at the time, it was played. I mean, the way it was played up at the time. I mean, look. It's Do you know terrible. why he was released? But, but Glenn, B- B- Billy's a great guy who got screwed when he got released. Uh, the the whole the whole powerlifting what he did wrong yeah. thing was out months earlier. I agree. And let me just say, kind of, kind I of think, a weird, weird time to mention. Uh, I got an interview with Billy Gunn coming up on. This. Can I just say for the record, yeah, I think he's also Billy, a coach and a trainer. He's not a performer. And that's that's why they some people said there was an issue with it. And I'm telling you, I'm just saying this back it since the days of Tough Enough. I think Billy Gunn is the most likable guy. He aged <sighs> into such a great. Uh, just came across better as he aged more and came across as the most likable guy in the WWE every time they did anything with him. Okay, so Billy, I think Billy he's fantastic. A, he's a thoroughbred. He could work the mid-card of WWE right yep. now keep up with every one of those kids. Yep. There's nobody with better cardio on the planet than Billy. I uh, swear to you. It, 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 he's got asthma. I mean, Paige had and two wellness policies, you know, violations. This was something that – it was an out-of-contest thing that got leaked – 
and they yep. just felt like they had to do something. It was yep. just one of those that it's it's they wouldn't do it to an active performer. It was just nope. Just they just felt like they had to do well, something. I'm not saying, I'm not saying he's like Bill DeMott or something like that. I'm not saying he like left on that. But at the time, I mean, it was kind of it was a story for a couple of days. It was a story, uh, but that's and, and nothing that they wouldn't bring him back for. It, it was it was a bullshit story. Yes, it was. Um. So he's going to be back, it looks like, with Road Dog. Um, so. DX, yeah, I mean, the Bellas, they just announced so much tonight. The Dudleys, who are rumored for the Hall of Fame this year. Um, Good. Bam Bam Bigelow is rumored for the Hall of Fame. Um, so, yeah, there's, they're going to have a bunch of APA is going to be there. Um, yeah, they got, it's, I wonder I'll, what they could, you know. I'll make a prediction. APA is going to beat Kurt Hawkins. Yeah, that's what they're probably going to have them all come out like they did with Heath Slater, you know, yep. at Raw 1000, yeah. where they just take turns hitting their finishers. Will, psych- will Psycho Sids be able to overcome the Trump travel ban and make it to New York? I, 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 have, a feeling, <laughs> I have a feeling they're not calling him. <laughs> what a uh, uh, I, Matt, I don't know if you're friends with them, so I don't want it, but. No, I did. I did hear that. I never oh watched wrestling God. news or much, but that one I clicked on it and listened to. That, Isn't that hilarious? That I listened bad. to the whole call. I could not resist. My That's first, pretty bad. My first thought when I heard, because the promotion AIW is just, uh, you know, two hours from me, you know, here. And when I heard that happened to them, I felt bad for them. And I'm like, it was end of December. I'm like, man, softball season, running into the end of December, just screwing them over. Sid Kamek <laughs> is a travel ban. Like, who, who would even waste the money at this point people who aren't familiar sid vicious was booked for an indie show last week at aiw show uh the day of they were trying to call him he wasn't answering so they finally called him from hornswoggle's phone he answered he said that he because of trump's travel ban he doesn't have his license anymore so and they wouldn't allow him to travel with his passport because of a speeding ticket that he had in another state now grant the travel ban is for countries People coming in from other countries. He lives in Arkansas, right? Yeah. Yeah. His Delta friend, his friend from here. Like the the cockamamie stories he used were like, was kind of believable, maybe. Like his examples (laughs) that he was using of other people just happening to, even though it's complete (laughs) bull BS. You know what I mean? I was like, did he write this down? Matt, did you ever work, Sid? Did you ever work, Sid? No, no. Fan of his, you know, somewhat growing up. I was too. He was he was someone that always had that look and 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 uh you know, personality, but just never was never able to stay at one place long enough to, you know, become yeah, a superstar. Yeah. So yeah, so that's uh, that's Sid Vicious. Kevin Nash is going to be there. He did you see his knee? Yeah. Uh, we have a photo from over the weekend of his. It, it looked like The Walking Dead. Like he he made a reference to it. It looked it was the most hideous surgery picture I've seen in a long time. It's disgusting, but check it out. <laughs> so tonight. Nia Jax beat down Asuka. Asuka supposedly going to the ring for some mystery match against an unnamed opponent, but then <laughs> Nia Jax shows up, beats her down. Um, what do you think of this direction, Matt? Not good. Okay. Asuka's supposed to be... That, that, I'm not even going to waste any more time. We wasted time on the other crap we were talking about. <laughs> Listen, I, that shouldn't have happened. You know how I think we should be booking for Asuka? Strong, strong, and stronger. You know what that made me think seeing this tonight is they're not doing Ronda Rousey and Asuka because I think you'd want, uh, you know, Asuka to look super dominant and Rousey's the first one that gets the best of her, you know, um, not Nia Jax, just a couple months, you know, a few months before Mania. They, they might not be doing Ronda and Asuka, but I'm going to disagree with Matt here because 
and I'm a huge Oscar fan, but I'll say this. If, if they've decided they're not doing Ronda and if they've decided they're not doing Oscar Page, I actually think it was kind of a logical way they did it. You know, Oscar comes out. You know, she does her whole entrance. She does her top rope pose. And you've seen her do the same pose over and over. She's undefeated. What better time than to capitalize? Nia Jax comes out un, you know, unseen, drops her. I, I thought it was a good way to get Nia Jax an upper hand on Oscar, but Oscar not lose a match. I, I doesn't it, okay. doesn't, it, doesn't so, it seem way too uh, soon to be doing this? Like she shouldn't. We should not have seen her on her back yet. Is what I'm saying. In yeah. any, I don't get in any context. There's a vision that's now going to be played on all these replays of her on the ground, passed out. But and we should not be seeing that. I don't care how it's done. Machete, Uzi, it doesn't matter. <laughs> that the, that makes logical sense how she went down. My point is, our vision should never be of her selling this early still. Yeah, I same think thing with Nakamura, by the way. But I'll shut up on him because I don't get to cover SmackDown. All right, but <laughs> you are welcome anytime, Matt, to come. <laughs> no, but, but Matt, let me go back to you with this one. I get what you're saying, but but my response to that would be, you got to at least have the heroic babyface in this case, Asuka, have a little bit of doubt, so that way she can rise up again and win the thirty. She's not Rumble. that babyface yet. That's not who she is yet. That comes down the road. You make her un- 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 unstoppable, and that's what people pay to see. Believe it or not, I thought with her, and then and then when the time comes, you we're talking a year down the road. This, you know, Nia Jax comes no. along. Now I know injuries happen and crap happens. I get that. Find somebody else. I don't care. This but I'm is a saying he- match, and it's bigger a year from now. Finally, we see old girl on her back. Then we start to see herself, and then it means more for her to come up from underneath. We yeah. don't care that she's coming up from underneath this but, early in the game. Yeah, she hasn't been on TV more than six months yet. Right. The main right. roster people have only seen her, you know, in the ring since October, so it hasn't been that you know, valid. But Matt, it was a cheap, it was a cheap shot attack. I said psychology wise, it makes sense. I get it. It doesn't yeah. matter. What I'm saying is the vision. That's what yeah. this is about. The vision. We should never see her selling yet. It, right. just, it goes back. To, it goes back to Goldberg. You didn't have anyone like taking him out, you know, for for years, you know, right? And, it, and so, and it worked. And then when you finally do, it means something, even though they, anyway, they they, they messed up Goldberg. But <laughs> but uh, we'll see. But, I I could see them uh, getting to so Justin's point. I, I see what yeah. he's saying. Like uh, you don't. Need I just referee, think it's too you soon. Don't need, you don't need to referee. <laughs> with an agree well, to disagree not, right there no 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 i'm not agreeing to disagree i think i think this should have been held off till after mania I, I, like I, that should have been her post mania feud so I that see. way you could give her six months of being really strong and then you have someone take her out she's got a big monster challenge and and, it's, and and i see what matt's saying i'm just saying WWE logic is you still want her to have some hill to come over so you need to have her face some adversity if she just steamrolls everybody i that that baby worked in face 101 yes the same baby face 101 with her she's supposed to be special and unstoppable an ass kicker make her an ass kicker for a year then let's see her you know what i mean sell and well, come up from insurmountable odds blah 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 i don't blah, think blah. for a year well, you don't te- have enough well, women well, to do it for well, a year she's teaming with a well, we're talking like she's freaking so. uh, sean michaels fighting from underneath and we're using that that psychology that don't work with her <laughs> Not, it's not supposed to, at least. We're supposed to see this. Just move on. I won't shut up. By the way, she's. <laughs> by the way, she speaks English. I hate the fact they said that she doesn't speak English. That was. Yeah. It was a good. Punch Did they line. say that? No, no, no. It wasn't, Glenn. It was a. Yeah, it was a good punchline. Punch punch stupid. Oh, punch I mean, if they if they would have. Uh... Guys, I gotta get my charger. <laughs> that, that, I thought right that whole that whole segment was cringe. That was like a cringeworthy segment. I thought with Alexa and Nia Jax. Terrible. I, 
I could see it being a good idea in a board meeting, but they just don't have the delivery to pull that off, especially Naya. I thought it was okay. Um, but more importantly tonight. Yeah, didn't she speak English in that segment with Miz? Yes. She just she <laughs> said like three words. I mean, it's a little different. I think, But she understood what he was saying. That that's he, true. She spoke English <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the segment with um, was Alexa a couple weeks ago. Like, she speaks English. It's not. It's not like she's uh, uh, like she can't say something that would you know be a secret. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like guys, guys, at least they didn't do an impression of Alexa impersonating how Oscar said whatever she said. She doesn't have small. Mr. small she, doesn't, she doesn't have Mr. Fuji at her side. She doesn't have Sakamoto <laughs> at her side. She speaks freaking English. All right. I'm she excited let- about her teaming with the Miz. Could you imagine if the Miz became her manager and mouthpiece? I think that'd be uh, fantastic. No. It's not going to happen. Um, so, final segment of the night Roman Reigns, Jason Jordan, and Seth Rollins versus the Balor Club, Finn Balor, Luke Gallows, and Carl Anderson. Decent length match. A little more now with the Balor Club. Uh, not like we kick off the show talking about. Not really a face, not really a heel. Maybe going a little more heelish. But uh, you know, this is what we opened with. Justin, did this meet your expectations for a match of this caliber? I mean, I was indifferent. I, I, as I said at the beginning of this podcast, I just kind of, this was the main event that I was, you know, so, so on looking forward to. I didn't know what I was supposed to accomplish out of it. Um, I mean, it was a good match. It wasn't a bad match. I mean, you put these six guys together that are all talented, it better be freaking, you know, subpar at least, right? But I, I, there was nothing about it that made me. Uh, made me attentive to the to watch it. I was, I was kind of you know splitting my attention. You know what sucked cool. is so how many people of their actual audience do you think watched these guys together in Japan as a Bullet Club? That's why I give Cole surprisingly credit that um, he tried his best. You know what I mean to keep talking about it, putting it over. But WWE once again managed to screw something up that was good somewhere else and made something uncool. They made the three of these guys uncool. And and why not just do a video package this week before uh, – and it's kind of explaining their past, you know, having them, you know, talk about their past, showing, you know, instead of just assuming everyone knows that they were close because Michael Cole sang it, and and give a little bit of a story of why, you know, a little bit more of why they're back together, what they're hoping to accomplish, just something, as opposed to they're just randomly together, uh, and and here they are. Even the backstage part, like the the pre-tape, you guys saw that part. Yeah, right? that was, like, yeah. Uh, there was so much going on there that, like, I watched it. Like, I know all these guys, and they're, I was like, I don't remember that. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It, it, it just didn't come off as cool. Yeah, it, it came very forced, and these guys have natural charisma. I will say this: I thought Finn um, seemed a lot more. Didn't he? You know what I mean. Uh, he seemed comfortable. Yes, yes, exactly. And on the mic, it seemed like he didn't seem like he, he was reading. Uh, it's, it's. He seemed more uh, in his element. He did. I hate the name Ballard Club, though. I hate it. I hate, oh, it. I hate that too. Yeah. Sounds like a sail. I don't know why I keep thinking of like a sailing club polo shirt that says Ballard Club on it. <laughs> like Ballard University in Texas. They have the trademark on it. The row club at Harvard, something like that. Yeah, seriously, that's what it reminds me of. Why yeah, they get Bullet Club. They can just page New Japan lots of money. No, they're making tons of money off of that, you know. Yeah. So they're not going to get rid of rid of that. Um, unless yeah. unless Vince has his hand in Wrestle Kingdom, segue. 
great. Oh. He doesn't. Such a great show. Yeah. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, but first, uh, talk about that than this. Well, yes. Okay. So Jason Jordan, uh, his team disappointed and annoyed with him tonight. Uh, Balor Club did get that win, but afterwards Roman was attacked by the Miz and the Miz Taraj and getting a chance one more time from the crowd and doing the skull crushing finale. I, I, um, I gotta, I gotta say one thing about the Miz. Um, and I think, I think he's entertaining as always. I think that Rolling Stone thing was a joke, but, um, it's hard to take him as a tough guy, and I feel like he needs to he needs to do some stuff that um, you know really leaves somebody laying, really violently attack somebody. He needs to get that extra credibility to kind of um, to kind of go on from this entertaining, funny, but someone you don't take seriously to someone that you can really put in a in that kind of main event scene. I know what you're you're exactly right. Do you remember though what it took him to be, they put him in trunks? It took him being put in trunks, Vince getting behind him a little bit, and him doing nothing but getting serious heat on his opponents when it was time to get heat and stop the ha-ha crap. Um, mm. And he was saying, remember back, in the, we're talking right around the seat when he was getting set up to work Cena. You know what I mean? And when yeah. he'd say, I'm the Miz and I'm awesome, he wasn't joking. He was always very serious as he was delivering it, if you remember. Very intense. It wasn't just a cool catchphrase, if you remember. Then people started getting behind him. And he was serious, but it took a whole year of that, if you remember. Yeah. A whole year of him being taken that way. So I don't think WWE is ever going to treat him that way because he's he's across all demographics right now as far as who he can reach. You know what I mean? As far as when they have all his tours and all this other crap that they have him do uh, media-wise. Um, but I agree with you. Once that bell rings, there is something. It's not because he can't wrestle. He's good. He's, I think he's really good. He's improved immensely. He can get others over, but he's just what you said. He's not somebody I'm ever thinking is going to kick someone's ass. And I don't think he ever has a chance against Roman unless it's, you know, slip on a banana peel or something along those lines. And, you know what I mean? He cheats to win, which is good heat. Don't get me wrong. But you want to see, I know what you're saying. He needs to be more sinister somehow. Like even in his promos, you can be entertaining, but be more sinister. Act like you really, you really want to really do some damage to somebody. And not Go back to that scene. To That's when he did it. Yeah, years ago, years ago. So that was Raw tonight. First, uh, second Raw, 2018. Two weeks till Raw 25. Three weeks till the Rumble. Wrestle Kingdom happened this past weekend. Chris Jericho versus Kenny Omega. Raj, uh, why don't you give a quick recap of what happened, then we could talk a little more about it. Sure. I mean, I'll do. It's it. It's been several days, so the results are all on the site. But I just got to say this. Um, I'm not one of those everything new Japan does is great. And everything right. WWE does sucks. I think there's, uh, you know, I, I was ranting last week about how badly they were, they were uh, promoting this online in the States where you go to their site. You don't, you can't find a link. You click it. It tells you to, to, the time of the show in Japanese. It doesn't tell you. And this is off their English site. And then what a pain it is to register on new Japan world. Um, and when you spend all this money for Jericho, you're getting all these, you know, English fans and, and not taking advantage of that. But this show was freaking great. Um, I, 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 there are some people that, um, that I was showing it to who aren't big wrestling fans who, who were back in the Attitude Era. They couldn't get into it. I think if you're not a New Japan fan, watch the last three hours from the Tanahashi match on. Uh, if you are, watch the whole show. I thought I thought it was great. And um, Cody's match was great, too. What's that? Cody's match was great. The psychology in it mm-hmm. uh, versus Ibushi, that was a good match. Yeah, Cody versus Ibushi was good. I thought Jericho and Omega, I, I was saying that 
this is probably my feud of the year last year. If this match Which, happened five days earlier, they just never had a wow. match. Basic, great old school storytelling. It still works. It still yeah. serves its purpose if when done right. And, yeah. and and one of the, I think one of the key things with the Jericho match was, let's be honest. You know, I mean, all four of us here are, you know, wrestling nerds. You know, we we all love the bit. You know, we all understand it to an extent. One of the hard things about trying to draw somebody casual on is, you know, people get lost on rest holds and slowing things down. That 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 does lose a casual person by and large. And you watch this Jericho Omega match, and if you watch the video package of the feud that they had, you know, you know, manufactured prior, and then you get this match. This match is thirty-five minutes. There's not a freaking rest hold. This match was, but 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 it wasn't lost. It wasn't just you know stupid spot. Everything had a purpose. I mean, they went outside to the tables, to the production area. They brought in chairs. They brought in everything, but everything had a purpose. And you know, I really think that this was this is one of the one of the better matches I've ever seen. It really was. Um, it had an intensity that whether you listen to the English commentary or whether you listen to the J- Japanese commentary, the story came across. It just—I I really think that this, you know, all all the hype and all the bar that was set for Jericho and Omega, they met it. Um, I don't know what's going to happen next. I know Jericho's got his cruise and he's working with these guys. I know there's a lot of speculation on the internet about maybe this was a back with Naito. Well, and maybe this is a tip for tat. Maybe okay, Jericho came to Wrestle Kingdom. Maybe we're gonna get Kenny Omega at the Rumble. I've heard all these tip for tat. Well, they set up. They set up Jericho versus Naito. The that, that New Year's Dash the next day. Yeah, so, right. So that's but, really... <clears throat> but point being is, I just I, I think that this this was the greatest example of an ambassadorship of American fans not familiar with anything beyond WWE, and I think this. I think this just uh, it did a great job. I think you know, hats off to Jericho and Omega, really. Yeah, and I think also Jericho, Jericho kind of unhinged with his creative juices flowing. It just shows how effective, like what a mind he has for setting this thing up. And because uh, Kenny Omega's admitted that you know uh, most of this was Jericho, you know, as far as you of course, know, it, yeah, like press conference and how how realistic they made that look. It was this was the closest thing you see to an MMA fight, you know, the, a scripted MMA fight. Um, and I, I guess that's it. MMA buildup as far as the, the superstar buildup where you got these two big clashes that hate each other and you don't have to do all these corny angles, you know, you just keep it basic. And by the time the match starts, you just, even though it's not really there, you feel this tension. You feel like it's uh, like you're seeing something special. And, and Jericho, yeah. I thought just did an amazing job. Um, I, lo- I loved everything about this. The, the one thing with new Japan, I wish they would light the crowd better because they have like you know forty five thousand people there. You wouldn't know it looking, you know, just watching it on TV. With those faraway shots, you didn't pick that up. But they they would do them, you know, like few and far between. Do you see the difference though? The today's wrestlers in WWE worse. We we we're taught to work the cameras. We just we uh, we were over the years, right, from early on out to once we hit TV, and that's well and good. Too much now, it, unfortunately, it hurts the product. Now we overly the wrestlers overly play to the camera. And that's the way the show is shaped now. New Japan, the camera works the 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 the, um, the wrestlers, the story. You see what I'm saying? Like they, they always pan out at right at the right time. Um, 
um, when Okada goes and calls for his stuff, it quickly zooms out like 100 miles an hour and it shows the entire arena as he's holding his arms up in the air um, right before he hits whatever the hell move it is. Like, they do everything with per- just perfection on that show. Yeah. It's just oh, a no, different great, different but, perspective. But I think, like, the you know, you're talking about the long you know, crowd, you know, the crowd shots, even then there's the, the crowd is so dark. You kind of see like directly ahead of you, but you don't like see that the whole arena is full. You know I what know I mean? You, oh yeah. Well, cause I was gonna say, I don't know if you necessarily want to see them. They're, they're sitting on their hands just so you know, they're not, yeah. they're not, they're not holding signs. They're not going apeshit crazy. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, uh, Whoa, just lighting it. So you see that there's people, but yeah. And that's the other thing is that with new Japan, those <clears throat> Japanese crowds, some people like it. I like crowds going nuts and being on their, you know, the, their feet and jumping up and down, chanting crazy things. And, yeah. you know, the loudest they got was the start. <laughs> crazy things, but, you know, like, uh, just yeah. really into it. Like, who's your daddy? And both these guys. <laughs> you know? Well, maybe not that. But, uh, you know, like Rock versus Hogue is always my perfect example, where it's yeah. just going nuts and it gets you even more into it. But um, outside of those things, I thought I, this was awesome. And um, Okada versus Naito, what would you think of that match, Matt? What do you oh think? What do you think that was the best match, or do you think uh, Jericho or Omega and Omega? Two, two very different matches. Mm-hmm. We gotta be fair. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, Jericho Omega was a was a better story. Uh, there was just more to it. Like if, if this was a book, this was a better book. It just mm-hmm. was a better book. The better chapters. Uh, it crescendoed at all the like. Of course it was because Chris is in it. Um, Chris is a master at this at crescendoing the matches at the right time and sucking you in at the right time and pulling the carpet out right at the right time to base you back off. He did a fantastic job as as usual, but on a different level with Kenny. And Kenny, Kenny, Kenny. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Kenny Omega, but he stepped up. He needed to show an aggressive side of him, and he definitely delivered in that regard. Um, he was very comfortable out there. I thought at the beginning, you could tell he was a little bit. I'm not going to say nervous, but probably a little anxious. But uh, he calmed down after a while, and he's nasty. I love Kenny Omega. Um, I like the story better. I just liked that story better. But um, I don't know. I watched him. Then I watched the you know, Naito match, and I was just – I love his character. I, I love think, his character. I think he's the guy. I just – Okada he's as cool. a personality just doesn't – and I know what cooler. they're doing with him. They're just making him this. They're making him like the Anderson Silva almost, where he just you know wins yeah. and gives these great performances. But I just, I just, Naito just seems like a superstar. He he does. He's got this cool thing about him, man. I don't know. You can't. I, I, I don't know how you describe it to another American fan that doesn't watch wrestling. Is See, it, is if, it, I, if I told you this, like, hey, this guy does this, you're like, what a loser, <laughs> what a freaking scrub. Who cares? But yeah. like, he's cool as hell. That's what I get from him whenever I watch Naito. Yeah, he's got that swagger. He's got he's just, he's just got that whole bit down. So I was a, I was a little disappointed that he lost, but me too. Um, yeah, uh, I, I agree. I like Jericho Omega because of the story. If you look just as a match, you you could probably say Okada versus Naito is better. But I think just all the elements involved made Jericho and Omega one of the best things I've seen in wrestling in a long time. This yes. uh, from from start to finish. And that's a hell of a statement. Like, you know what I mean? Think about how those pressure was on him. Mm -hmm. Him being Chris more than Kenny, in my opinion. Um, All this build and hype. Nothing ever lives up to the hype. Very rarely. This surpassed it. Yeah, so it's going to be Jericho versus Naito. It's looking like it's going to be at the Long Beach show. And so, like I was talking about the crowd. So with the the American crowd, I think that's going to be nuts. So. Yes, it will. Remember that tickets go on sale in a a few weeks. So the ticket information is on the website, wrestlinginc.com. 
yeah, you know, we were talking about it last week. I know some people in the chat room were saying, and I think there's a case to be made that given the year he had last year, Jericho was probably uh superstar of the year, you know, across the board. I mean, not only there's work in the WWE, but with the podcast announcing the cruise stuff in new Japan. I mean, even with his band, I mean, he came out to, you know, his own hit song, a song that actually is charted, you know, when's yeah. the last time a wrestler could claim, make that claim. Like I put something out and it had crossover appeal. I mean, he's stand just, back, stand back. Didn't do that. <laughs> Stand back. Uh, now that you bring up the interests, that was the one thing. What the frick was Omega wearing when he came to the ring? <laughs> How okay, the, 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 okay. The mask thing was kind of cool, except when he had to keep readjusting. It. Like <laughs> He's kid. like fixing he it on like the way to the ring. Kid. He looked like a little kid. <laughs> yeah, I was like Halloween and culture man. And Jericho was going to take his candy from him. <laughs> I hate saying that. I love Kenny Omega. Yeah, here. But, but just... You can't. You can't help but say that. You're right. I know you're trying to make it seem special and do like a like a WrestleMania entrance, and you did the Terminator thing before, but good God, that, that looked like you had you you broke into some kids' toy chest and, and stole their stuff. That gun, the gun, I thought was <laughs> yeah. worse than that. Oh my bro. God, it's like this paper mache gun. Yes, that he was able to hold with, <laughs> he was able to shoot and aim with one hand. That and it was a four foot gun. Yeah, you see someone coming to face you, and they're wearing that. You know, it's kind of like. <laughs> It's a different culture, man. <laughs> you go back and watch it. Chris Jericho goes, you look stupid. Did he say that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you stupid idiot. We'll That's see what awesome. Long Beach does in March. That'll be, uh, I think, a further test of his power. But no, I think right now, you know, he's in the power position, man. Anything he does, even more, uh, I don't know, than what Cody and the Young Bucks what, are working on. Let me, let me say this real yeah. quick. Omega's promos. I thought his after his, his after show promo wasn't good. Not because of what he said, promo. his voice inflection. He's like, "Hey, I thought that this match." Like he talks in this weird voice. I don't get why he's using his real voice. Yeah, that drives yeah. me. Yeah, I've been thinking that for a long time. His promos. Are, uh, people are gonna yell at me because they love. Him. I love. Let me tell you right now, Mark's watching this. I love him more than you. So shut up. No, Matt. <laughs> Matt. What am I, you know what I mean? Do you guys know no. what I'm talking about with the voice? Yeah, yeah. he talks like this. and uh, I'll deflect know. some of the heat to me right here. Why are you doing Kenny that? Kenny Omega speaks. <laughs> Kenny Omega speaks like a guy who hasn't been to the show yet. He, 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 doesn't, he doesn't speak on the level of Jericho. He doesn't speak on that. Level. Why not? Why not just use his real voice? Like, why go, he's going out of his way to uh, use a voice that's not his? Yeah, he, uh, he, he, it seems like he's thinking about how he should sound while he's talking, and it, it makes yes. it not sound natural at all. Yes, Rod, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. He has he does not yet own and accept and monetize who he is. He is still trying to be what he thinks the fans want him to be. He has not found his true voice. Yeah. I completely agree with everything that's being said right there. Because I think it, most people watch it for the first watch a, a promo is, and they're like, "He, why is he talking like that?" I doubt that ha- that's how he really sounds. But yeah, when he's joking around on, on like uh, um, being the elite, the elite. show, yeah. being the elite, it's funny when he does it because it's almost in a Will Ferrell type of manner, right? Every once in a while, I'll him do that voice, but like in a serious post conference like promo. And every major magazine is there from Japan. Like that ain't the time to be using that voice. Yeah, let him. You know, he did go in and out of it though. He did go back to normal voice. I thought for a minute, right toward the end there. There's, I don't know if you guys saw it. I, I did, but um, yeah, that's uh, the only thing I think he's missing. It, it takes the intensity out of it when he's uh, over 
over enunciating like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Long Beach, March. That's uh, Jericho's next match in New Japan. And one more thing about New Japan. I think they are missing the boat. Like the, the iron is hot right now. Like they're at like their popularity is at an all time high. I don't feel like they're doing enough on that in the United States. I feel like there's a, such a demand for it. They're not meeting it. And, as far uh, as coming here more, coming here more, do, like they're just doing long beach again. Why not try, you know, why not tour? Why New not York. do like six, six shows this time since it's sold out so fast, do one in California, Texas, Florida, New York, the East coast. And you know, wouldn't New York pack it better than Long Beach? Mm. Well, no. the, I, the cost is higher, but I'm sure it would. Yeah. Why, why not? Wise. Why? Why not Chicago? Chicago. Oh, yes. yes. Yeah. That's yes. what I'm saying. Like, do like six, six to eight yeah. shows, and uh, do you know? Do a couple. Do live access shows, and you, you got this fan Chicago's base that's really the best city. Yeah. You could do Florida. You could do New Orleans uh, during yeah. WrestleMania week. I mean, there's why, why just do one show in Long Beach again when you're you're this hot right now in the states? So I yeah, feel like the opportunities are missing. It costs all that money to get them over here. Yeah, but they make all that. There's instant sellouts. So, so what I'm saying is, so like it costs all that money to get them right. over here from Japan. So why not do more? Just based on economics, I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. No, for I sure. I don't get it. Yeah, you're, you're just these one and dones. I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, a Jericho flight from whether he's coming from LA or Tampa to Chicago is cheaper than you know, anywhere else, right? And you don't need to have all your Japanese talent either. You know, they they have a lot of American talent. Bring yeah. some of the guys from yeah. Japan to like the you know Ishi and, and you know the top guys. Yeah, Naito Tanahashi, and then use a bunch of your American talent. Use some ROH yep. guys, and you know you got a show, and, and yep. it's going to do better than anything else. Uh, that's not WWE out here. So mm-hmm. do something, guys. It's the iron's hot strike. They, yeah. In my, in my opinion, they've got a better show than WWE right now. This is my opinion. Pay-per-view wise, a lot of two pay-per-views I've liked better. I and I agree, but I think the the crossover, they, it's still not American enough for the mainstream for like a, oh, a non-wrestling no. fan to become no. a new to become right. a wrestling fan. But right. they do the shows here with the crowds here, the commentary, the promos. Mix in more American talent. Oh, you got something. We've got to talk about this. The comment, American commentary was off the chain. Cyrus crushed yeah. that Jericho match. That. Dude, he killed it. He had so much passion in his voice. And obviously, he's part of the storyline. I get that. He knows him in real life. But I don't care. There was a passion in that dude's voice that that I'm. you're going to think I'm crazy. It's kind of JR-ish to a degree as far as how much how much of his nut he put into that yeah someone's bringing up that they do the new japan roh mashups i'm not yeah i'm not talking about that i'm talking about just new japan and their a story full new japan yes. show yeah um but you know what did you know what i wasn't as impressed with was the uh jr um the jr uh, uh josh barnett commentary yeah so, so i watched yeah. the new japan one and jr and josh barnett they sound a lot of times like they're just kind of they don't know who a lot of the a lot of the storylines and they Wait, just those two covered those two covered Wrestle Kingdom as well. So they did access for they access. Did, they did it on access. So they redid the American commentary with Jr. and uh, and Josh Barnett and for Wrestle Kingdom twelve. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was on Saturday. They did a three hour special Shoot. and they're going to show more of the matches on access. The four way they're going to show and I think the Young Bucks match they're going to show Look, uh, this Friday. I, I think I, I think on this whole topic and I'm a huge Jim Ross fan as probably all of us are Me too. Yeah. But yeah. here's the reality. You know, 
uh, I mean, you know, we all get – everybody gets older. You get older, it's your craft. You know, Jim Ross went and did the May Young Classic, and they had him go back to New York to re-record things because it wasn't satisfactory to what they wanted. My point being is that Jim Ross you can never take away, and, and if, if JR ever hears this, I'm saying – Jim Ross is a legend, but the thing is, you know, you, you get older, you, you get poor, you get to a point where it's like, you know, you, you pass your prime, or you know, you're not with it as much. I think, you know, Jim Ross and, and, and Josh probably did their best, but I think that, I think today's landscape, you know, Jr. might not be the best guy that's out there anymore. And and again, that's, that's I'm, I'm not I, I'm a Jr. fan saying that, but if we're just speaking real here. I think that the the expectation that Jim Ross has for fans, okay, it's Jim Ross, so the bar is going to be here. Mm-hmm. And to try to do maybe what's that being asked of him, and, and do you have knowledge of these characters? Do you have knowledge of these storylines? Uh, did he do that? Did he sound like that again in this Wrestle Kingdom? Like he didn't know the characters again? Yeah, like like Red Shoes. He he wasn't aware that his son was attacked by Jericho at the beginning. You know, he's like, wait, is that his son? And uh, you know, just there's just things here and there where you, you just kind of get the feeling like they're getting caught up a few days yeah. before. Um, yeah. And I, you know what? I'll say this about Jr. Um, him and Lawler call a match or matches at Raw 25. It's going to be the best commentary on WWE since you know yeah, Morrow and Lawler at least. Absolutely, absolutely. But again, you got to give you got to give the other team their their, their credit. Kevin Kelly and uh, uh, what's his name Cyrus Don, Don Callis, yeah. Don Callis destroyed it. Yeah, they they've got a they got a good thing. I I feel like I know what, for access why they want to have Jr. But uh, yeah, I just feel like if you want to bring that product and that's pretty you know that's those are their guys as Callis and, and Kevin Kelly now. Just, so uh, where I'm confused where 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 are they announcing then? Like what did I see that, that they were announcing on Callis and, and Kevin so that was the live uh, version. So New Japan World is live, and then they then okay. they record it like a day later with Jr. and and Josh Barnett. Got it. So I think that's a part of it too is they know the results, so they're doing the commentary trying to act like they don't know you know what happens. But isn't that more reason to know Red Shoes Kid? That made that made like every podcast everybody talked about that how they like that wrinkle that Jericho added to the match. You know what yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. I know. Well, on access now in the U.S. or you can get it to New Japan World streaming. Um, cool, man. So barn burner of a show tonight. Lots to talk about. Thanks everyone for tuning in. This That's why I thought of it. <laughs> Mr. Matt Morgan, what would you like to plug before we take it home here? That burp representing that show. How about that? There we go. Justin, where can everyone find you on the internet? Uh, at Justin Labar on Twitter. Everything I got to say is on Twitter. Uh, I'll be at Raw 25 in Manhattan Center in two weeks. Uh, I don't want to promote it. But maybe I'll try to call into this podcast. I don't know, but I'll definitely have my thoughts on Wrestling Inc. Uh, so, again, there. If you, want, if you still want to go to Raw 25 at Manhattan Center, still possible i have links on my twitter for tickets that are there so check me out cool man raj you got an interview I, with oh i'm sorry matt go for it sorry. i want to plug one thing that's the idea fans get to vote one of us off the show each week <laughs> i'm pushing for that right. matt you're just going to be thinking man don't see- cut it off raj i'm going to say it again i'm just trying to cut it off and make it go away i'm no. not cutting it off no hey <laughs> i'm I curious myself links like this matt i think you're going to be thinking how can i get voted off so i can go to sleep <laughs> yeah. goddamn rest no 
Yeah, just make fun, make fun of Kenny Omega some more. You'll get voted off. He, yeah, they yeah, love him right now. Um, yeah, uh, for, on the site, Billy Gunn, Jimmy Jacobs, yeah. Kevin Kelly, we were, who we were just talking about interviews with him. Uh, so all this stuff coming up. So uh, check it out. And I'm Glenn Rubenstein. You can follow me on Twitter at Glenn Rubenstein. And we'll be back here Wednesday, 12 noon Eastern, to talk about SmackDown Live. So until next time, folks, I'm Glenn Rubenstein, and we'll see you back here on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Take care. You just got me.